Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. Kate. Yes. I have a cold in my nose. Ew! I have a cold in my nose. That's that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate. <laughs> However, uh, thanks to the miracles of Zencaster, we are able to record when we are not in the same room together. But yes, what 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 is this podcast when we are not talking about snot? I was trying to think of how you would say Fuse Eight and Kate with a cold, but but it's just it's just Fuse Eight and Kate. <laughs> that's right. It's Fuse Eight and Kate. A podcast in which we read dot 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 Ch- children's picture books. Very good, and we determine dot 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 if they're good. Yes, that is precisely. <laughs> or if they're dot 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 icky. <laughs> <I'm pretty sure. laughs> Why not? Yeah, icky icky is sometimes the case. And speaking of icky, uh, I will say some people have found today's book a little on the icky side. Usually we do the Buddha Buddha here. I think we might as well, even though I previously ran this book over to you. So a Buddha 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 Boo! A bad case of stripes by David Shannon. That's right, David Shannon. David Shannon. Does that name does that name ring any bells for you? Any other books we might have done? No. I was like, is he related to Molly Shannon? He is not. As far as we know, for all we know, they are, and they've been keeping it secret all these years. But no, no, he is not. No, Uh, he did a little book we did called No David. And uh, I don't know if you remember this about a kid. He's kind of going wacky. He had like a triangle for a nose. Sort of. I can see it made a deep impression. (laughs) He's he's probably better known for David than anything else. But this book came out the same dang year as David by the same dang publisher. So this came out in March, and David came out in September, uh, and they are, I would argue, his two most famous books. So, Did you give me this book because you're not feeling well, and the girl on the cover has like a thermometer in her mouth? And okay, she so that would have made a lot of sense, and no. Um, that's just a delightful coincidence, but now I'm going to claim that's why I did it. Uh, no, I, I did this book because when I was in Bologna, I explained our podcast to a bunch of agents. And one of them turns to me and she goes, oh, have you done? And I was like, here it comes. We've done them all. Come on. A bad case of stripes. And I was like, oh, crap. We have not done a bad case of stripes. This is a staple in a lot of classrooms. Uh, So I figured we should probably do it. So go read that book. Okay. Okay. While Kate reads that book, uh, let me give you a little background information on a bad case of stripes. So... This book has primarily been used in classrooms to prevent bullying. That is is what they they say this book does. It says it teaches kids to be themselves and to respect those who may be different, particularly if that difference is stripes. Uh, Yes, apparently, like, different teachers have done this in different ways. Like, like one of them, like, did three 40-minute class periods on it, and other ones have done games with it, and... 
God knows what all. So yeah, it, it, remember with that with the rise of anti-bullying uh, stuff in schools, this book has done very well because it seems to be along the same lines. However, that is not the only way that this book has been used. As it turns out, uh, it actually has been used to encourage students to eat their vegetables and to be brave about eating healthy. This is a interesting take on it, particularly because she already likes vegetables more of a peer pressure reason she doesn't want to eat them but there you go um got pretty good reviews when it came out pretty pretty darn positive except for and and this is why i love this publication so much uh school library journal yes when in doubt look at the school library journal review because they always have their own take on things and uh and so one reviewer in particular said uh that the book was disturbing viscerally troubling she she said that the book was grotesque eye-popping and that the oppressive images will haunt the children reading and we're back hello what did you hand me tonight i i don't know what did i hand you tonight uh this is the trippiest book i i was not ready for this i you know what you're not the first person i've heard to call it a trippy book that is true but this is a standard i should tell you did you take too much nyquil because this is just it's out there man (laughs) i didn't write it you know that's the thing about uh david shannon he he doesn't like uh doing stuff people have done before i'd I'd say Uh, this is definitely unique i will give him points for uh originality Oh, well, there you go. There you go. So he's already got points. This is going very well. Well, yeah, hold on to that. So it starts off great because the title page has lima beans all over the place. And I was like, oh, man, now I'm hungry for lima beans. I freaking yeah. love those as a kid. I loved lima beans as a kid. We grew up in the same house. We had particularly good lima beans, but uh, I've never been able to, to make them as good as we had when we were kids. I don't know. Well, butter helps. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> to... yeah, obviously, but, you know, I swear we had them in a can, but they don't sell them in the can anymore. Yeah, yeah they do. No, they don't. Yes, yes, they do, Betsy. Well, I have some in my kitchen. No, you're you're making things up. You're, you're hallucinating <laughs> beans in a can. It's, it's okay. It happens to all of us. Yeah. Anyway, um... What I don't understand is, so we meet this girl who says uh, that she loves lima beans, but didn't eat them because her friends hated them and she wanted to fit in. And I'm thinking, I never talked to kids, like, when I was a kid about what vegetables I ate. Like, that's not something... To school, but who brings lima beans to school for lunch unless you're eating succotash or something? Nobody. So the the topics of conversation among seven-year-olds does not consist of, what vegetables did you eat last night? No, nor are they spying on your home in any way, shape, or form. So, yeah, this seems strange. Also, she she tries on 42 outfits for the first day of school because she doesn't know what to wear and she wants to impress people. And I'm like, wait a minute, what seven-year-old is so obsessed with impressing other seven-year-olds? What seven-year-old has 42 outfits, I think, is my real question here. And in, and behind her, you can see these different outfits, which consist of, um, there's like a suit, it looks like there's a hockey jersey, we've right. got overalls, we've got like a sailor suit, I don't know what's going on with this closet, but <laughs> she's got options. Okay, so she 
you know, looks in front of the mirror and then all of a sudden she starts screaming because she's completely covered with stripes. We're talking horizontal, multicolored stripes from head to presumably toe. So like the ones see on the cover of the book. Exactly. Yep. Oh. And she says that she feels fine, but her mother says, you're not going to go to school with the way that you look. I'm going to call a doctor. And what's interesting is that it affects, the stripes affect her skin, her nails, her lips, and her tongue, but they don't affect her hair or her eyeballs. Oh, interesting. You so would think if it's what eyeballs have in common? I don't know. What, how could it affect the tongue, which is an organ, but not the eyes? Yeah. Well, maybe the water has... I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> well, I don't know well, what stripe-based infections take, you know? <laughs> well, they call Dr. Bumble, uh, and he apparently uh, went to a medical school where they learned about stripes on the skin just needing an ointment. Uh, because he gives some ointment and says, this should help clear up those stripes in a few days. I'm like, what does he think this is? Like eczema or something? Yeah, like, <laughs> standard stripe procedure. Yeah, I know, exactly. I'm like, does he think this is like stretch marks? Because actually that cream won't work for that either. I'm sorry. So she goes to school the next day and everyone is making fun of her because they're starting to say the Pledge of Allegiance and her skin turns into the flag like she's got stripes and she's got stars and then alien yeah exactly that's cool and, and kids are like let's see some purple polka dots and sure enough she gets purple polka dots and then someone else yells checkerboard and she's got a checkerboard on her and uh and she feels awful because everyone is just like pointing and laughing and you got some really disturbing images of uh kids laughing here i'm just thinking where is the teacher like why aren't they stepping in yeah it's funny this book is constantly used as an anti-bullying book but the people in the position of authority are nowhere to see me see which is to be quite frank that often does happen like that so yeah well that night the principal mr harms does call the parents and says Hey, you're gonna have to keep your kid home. She's too much of a of a distraction. Beginning calls from other parents. Just uh, and she might be contagious. So just just leave her at home. The next day, uh, we got four doctors plus the original doctor coming over, uh, and they started giving her medication because uh -oh. oint ointment wasn't a good idea. Let's just give her. And they say try these. They each hand her a bottle filled with different colored pills. Oh, take Lord. one of take one of each before bed. And I'm like, well, to be fair, this was a book from 1998 when Ritalin was an all time high. So handing kids pills was uh, that was just in the in the ether. No, if I was this chick's mom, I wouldn't give any of these to my no. daughter. By no means. But we do have a doctor that at least knows how to use a blood pressure cuff that makes sense compared to the last book you gave me in which it... this is the the continuing theme is I just need to find a third blood pressure cuff classic picture book to to just be the triumvirate here. You're right though. I have done two illness related picture books in a row which I I did not pick up until now. I'm telling you, I think your sickness is starting to affect the, the books that you're giving me. I'm just gonna, the next one's just all about vomit. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no, no. So she's got like one pattern on her lower shin, another pattern on her upper shin, a different pattern on her one foot, a different pattern on the other foot. She's just 
every single part of her is just constantly changing. And then this is the part where it, like, I don't know if I was really on board in the beginning, but this part definitely loses me. She takes all the medicine the night before, she wakes up, and she's turned into a pill, Betsy. (laughs) I have not read this book so uh, that that came unexpectedly. (laughs) She has turned into a pill with arms and legs. I'm now beginning to think he really is saying something about over-medicating kids. Okay. I mean, you uh, you might be onto something. Sounds like it. yeah. It's it's disturbing. This is so trippy. I don't know what's going on, but um okay, so now Dr. Bumble, he he previously had called in the specialists who are the ones that gave her a bunch of medicine. Yeah, but would... now now he's bringing in the experts. And I'm like, Wait, why didn't you bring in the experts when you gave the kid ointment? Yeah, no. I I have to agree. It's a weird order to be like, hmm. I think I'm going to bring the people with lots of pills. Basically, he brought in the medical establishment who's trying to sell her the pills before he brought in the experts, which, let's be fair, capitalism, the current medical system, this is not that far off. Okay. No, the first thing he did was was give ointment because that is the solution somehow. Right, because he was doing a homeopathic thing uh, that has nothing to do with medicine. Again, this is a warning sign for all people. Yeah. And these so-called experts uh dr gord and dr mellon uh they're they're thinking it might be a virus and she starts getting these little virus balls all over her you know it's like it might be a form of bacteria and now she's got like bacteria tails coming out of her and then like airplay to her for knowing what those look like well i mean i don't know if she does her body certainly does because now they say maybe it could be a fungus and now she's got different colored fungus blotches and i'm like why isn't anyone taking her blood also why isn't anyone wearing a mask or wearing gloves if you're so-called doctors Yeah, doctors hate that in books. They just they just loathe it. They're like, no, we must be unencumbered to catch yeah. whatever it is our patients have. Yes. Well, they they're like, we are gonna run a bunch of numbers and get back to you because we don't know what we're doing. So they leave, but then you go outside and there are news vans and camera crews everywhere because now the media has gotten hold of the story of quote. The bizarre case of the incredible changing kid. Uh, okay. Well, first you have a cameraman who has a, uh, a camera that says WCKO, which first of all, I like that it's wha- wacko. Uh, and second of all, th- those are actually station letters for a radio station in Cross City, Florida. So, oh. well, the creepiest part of this entire illustration is that next to the news van, there is this like 45 year old man with a i can't tell if it's a toothpick or a cigarette in his mouth he's got these creepy eyes big nose kind of a 70s vibe shirt going on and he's and he's by the news crew but also children what is going on here I, I would love to know because he is terrifying. He's utterly terrified. He's this background character. He looks like Leisure Suit Larry down to the receding hairline. But yes, his eyes are hollow pits of darkness. Uh, and he has a, a beak-like nose. 
something is going on here. This is an inside reference or something that David just sort of slipped in there, but God knows what this was. Just a little bit above him on the other side of the news van, it's just the back of someone wearing a trench coat and a hat, and you can't see them. Uh, what? Why is this town filled with creepy people? I don't understand. You know, the, the housing prices were so low. Her family thought it was a good deal. They didn't know until later. You know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. Well, this poor kid is watching the news, and she's you're able to see her now. She's not a pill anymore, but she's got feathers and a tail and uh you know part a branch with berries and crystals and you know because she it says she's had all sorts of remedies from psychologists allergists herbalists nutritionists psychics an old medicine man a guru and even a veterinarian but if you've seen so they just aired the season finale of the last of us and she looks like she could potentially be one of the monsters in that oh yeah she's got a fungus She's got all sorts of stuff going on coming out of her. Fungus, though, is a possibility. So, yeah. Yep, it's a mess. And also, the TV that she's watching the the media news on. um, Remember back in the day when you'd have a TV that was so big it would have to sit on the ground? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those. Yeah, our aunt had one of those. Yeah. So so this book is dated enough so that you have a giant TV sitting on the floor, but it's not so dated that you don't see bunny ears, which is interesting. All right. So they've got a cable box somewhere. That's interesting. Let's get a little more drugged out, shall we? So we get into her room and an environmental therapist comes in and says, breathe deeply and become one with the room. Betsy. Can I just explain to you what happens when she says that? Oh, yeah. What happens? The girl melts into the room. Her mouth becomes the mattress and the, like, the uh, box spring. Her eyes become picture frames that were already on the wall. Her skin has melted into the walls of her room. She's literally from the room? Yes, her, it says her bed became her mouth, her nose became, or her nose was a dresser, and two paintings were her eyes. It, this is so trippy. This I, is trippy. <laughs> I'm enjoying this very much. I, 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 I don't know if I do. It's I a, it, do. I love it when the children's books get weird. Because if they're not well, weird, they can often be very boring. But weird can be quite good. Oh, this is not boring. I, I will give it that. So... Let's and then here comes the voice of reason. At the moment though, she melts into the room. There's a little knock on the front door, and they open the door, and it's this woman. She's very sweet. She's got like a little hat on. She's got a little cardigan with like the elbow patches. She's got a purse that has a caterpillar on it. I wonder <laughs> if that's a little nod to hungry caterpillar, you know, because it's kind of yeah. about food, you know. Oh, yeah, uh, it, all the big problems began with food, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah, so she comes into the room, and she starts uh, feeding lima beans into the bed, since that's <laughs> where uh, Kimmo's mouth is now, it's the bed. And How, uh, How does this woman know that this is the, the course of all the problems? Um, I don't know, she said that this is the worst case of stripes she's ever seen, and uh, Mrs cream like the the girl's mom asks her are those magic beans and she's like oh no there's no such thing they're just plain old lima beans 
and uh, Camilla, the girl, like desperately wants them, but she's still so afraid to admit that she likes lima beans that she says, uh, uh, yuck. No one likes lima beans, especially me. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's time to give that one up. You you know, when you melt into the wall, I think the gig is up. The room. Yeah, exactly. The gig is up. Well put. Yep. And uh, and the old lady is like, well, all right, I guess I tried. I guess I'll walk away. And the girl is like, wait, wait, no. The truth is, I really do love lima beans. And the old lady is like, I thought so. And she puts him in the bed. And after she eats what, what looks like about a dozen lima beans, uh, she goes back to her original form with no stripes. She's back to normal. She's totally cured. Um, and been like a witch who put a spell on her and to teach her a lesson? Maybe, but how would she know about lima beans being exactly. her favorite food? Maybe her room is her house really is bugged. Maybe yeah. her entire town does talk about what everyone else eats for dinner. I don't know. Yeah, and then at the very end, uh, she's sitting with a plate of lima beans and. You know, some of the kids thought she was weird at school, but she didn't care, and she never had stripes again. And what's cute is that the bow that she's had in her hair this entire time, which was originally pink, yeah. in the very last page, it's striped. Oh, that's cool. If the kids are talking about her, they're probably talking about her because she was covered in multicolored changing stripes, and not so much the fact she likes lima beans, which is a relatively dull fact. Whereas yeah changing your skin color to brightly colored hues is a little more uncommon. She grew a tail, Betsy. I don't know what to tell you. She was the room. Yeah, she was the room. <laughs> if I ever hear that phrase again, not thinking of this book. So there you go. And that's it. And that's it. Ratings time. So the moral of this book is do not care what others think of you or it will consume you. Do not try to be anyone except yourself and own it. Yes. But here's my question to you. If her favorite vegetable was lima beans, do you think the illustrator's favorite veggie was mushrooms? Because this book <laughs> is seriously tripping on them. It is out there. I I get the moral, but between like... The creepy guys by the van, the bad doctor from the beginning, and this poor girl's self-esteem. It it just ended up feeling weird. Not like a nice, cozy feeling. So yeah. it, it just made me feel odd, like uncomfortable almost. So I, I gave it a 5.5 just because the illustrations were are, are very cool. But yeah. I, I'm I'm not quite sure about it. I understand. I understand. I, I'm all all on board with the weirdness of it. I like a picture book that tries something incredibly different. Um, now, the fact that, you know, I think I mentioned it earlier in my, my background, but School Library Journal found it just as weird as you did. Uh, they found it horrifying, in fact. But thousands upon thousands of teachers in this country have embraced this book. This book has stayed in print since the day it was published. It is well known. It is, as I say, his second best known book. If you don't count, if you count all the David books as one book, um, and it shows his range of abilities when it comes to illustration. He's he's very uh, dexterous. He can do different styles very easily, and and this was sort of an excuse for him to let himself go 
are there creepy guys by the news van? Entirely possible. But <laughs> they don't really play into the story. I mean, it's not like, you know, I love equally bizarre picture book, if not more so, Who Needs Donuts? But that has some creepy moments that just have not aged well. This, at least these guys don't get any lines. They're just bizarre. Uh, so I liked it a bit more than you. I, you know, it's hammering home its message as hard as humanly possible. So I'm going to detract a couple points for that. But uh, yeah, I'd say it's a 6.5 for me. I like this one a lot. Okay, so with our scores combined, it's just over a 5, so it's a classic. It's a classic! Woohoo! Alright, All right, letters time. Ooh. We got actually quite a few letters in conjunction with the mitten. People oh. had thoughts. People had lots of thoughts. Uh, for example, Amy wrote, Here's my controversial comment. I think the Tressled version is much better written. I also prefer the Aylesworth. These are two other versions of the Mitten done in picture book form. While I agree Jan Brett's images are stunning, I find the story so much more engaging in the other two. Of course, having grown up with the Tressled, it was gifted to me around the age of one by an amazing librarian, nothing ever quite lived up to those words and images. I do find it surprising Brett has never won a Caldecott, but this would not have been my choice of a winner. I think my favorite of hers is Honey, Honey, Lion. This is a thing that comes up over and over, actually, in the comments. People got into a big debate as to what she should have won a Caldecott for, and nobody can agree. Like, everyone's got a different Jan Brett book they love the most. Emmy wrote in, and she said, I haven't listened to your episode yet, so I don't know what you'll be saying, but I definitely agree with you about Jan Brett deserving a Caldecott something. My daughter and I love her books. We pour over every page, finding new details with each reading. Every one of her images just seems so intentional. And she's got one of the best and most useful author websites I've found. I'm looking forward to listening to what you and Kate have to say. And then, this is the one that really got me, because I had talked about the accuracy. We'd mentioned the accuracy of the knitting. But Brooke, or rather, the Brooke shelf, uh, wrote in and said, I'm going to be party pooper stickler and say that the knitting needles are pointed the right way in the mitten, but that's still not how you knit a cuff of a mitten. Duck's tomato. You can't do circular knitting with two single-pointed needles. Probably one of the best examples of circular knitting in picture books is in Sybil V. Ulfer's illustrations for When the Root Children Wake Up. And uh, that was not something I noticed, and so I give her extra points for finding that out. Nice. Grown-up things we like. Okay, so there's this new series on Disney+. Plus. It's called M Power, like the letter M, Power. Um, it's a series that discusses Marvel female superheroes, like Captain Marvel, Scarlet Witch, Gamora, and the women of Black Panther. It's only four episodes, but you learn about the actors, but also the female crew members, and the influence that they've had on uh, the movies, but also within the industry. It's really interesting. I wish it was more than four episodes, but um, four is definitely a good place to start. And so if you like these movies, you will definitely learn a lot. Like in the episode about the women of the Black Panther, you learn about the costumes, the different tribes in Africa that uh, the costume designer took influence from. And this woman just won her second Oscar for... Black, she won an Oscar for Black Panther, and then she won a second Oscar for Best Costuming for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, so I think she only, knows what she's doing. She's the only <laughs> black woman who has ever won an Oscar twice, like in she, any category. 
Yeah, so it's yeah. it's amazing. And then in the episode about uh, Scarlet Witch, you learn that in WandaVision, uh, the episodes have her going through the five stages of grief, which I didn't even realize. They oh. had to huh. break it down. And then after they broke it down, I was like, oh, yeah, I can totally see that. So yeah. it's really interesting. I highly recommend it. Go check out Empower on Disney+. Plus. Very good choice. That's excellent. Thank you. Uh, mine's a little more closer to home. This sort of falls into the grown-up thing I like because it happened to me, but yeah, it could happen to somebody else. So I was in Bologna uh, this past week. It was delightful. Uh, it felt like it was spring there. Then I come back home, it was snowing. So there was that. <laughs> I'm not a shoppy-shoppy type lady. I respect it. I can try to do it sometimes, but it's not the kind of thing that would occur to me to do, especially, especially not in Italy, where I'm intimidated alone to go into a store in America, let alone one in Italy. But at one point, I sort of got lost in some alleyways, which were delightful. And then I stumbled on this vintage shop, old vintage shop, go into it. And right there in the doorway, I saw on the mannequin a bright red raw silk button up shirt. Now, I have been looking for a bright red button-up shirt for a very long time. And I was like, oh my freaking God. And uh, tried it on, fit like a glove, perfect shirt. Uh, they also had a black raw silk dress. That did not go well, but the shirt, by gum the shirt. So uh, my grown-up thing I like is that I have the shirt. By God, I have the shirt. It's the best purchase of clothing I've ever made in my entire life. Are you going to put a picture of you in the shirt in the show notes? Just so people could see. I, people will see this shirt because I only own like five fancy outfits for anything. So it's going to come up at some point. But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll put a picture of the shirt. I don't know if I'll have it on. You got you got to model it. No one wants to look at a shirt if you're not wearing you know, it. If you want to see me in the shirt, people can buy me a drink. That's what I say. <laughs> buy me a drink, put on the shirt. Fair enough. There we go. There we go. All right. And uh, yeah, so we didn't do any St. Patrick's Day, but we have done plenty of illness-related books, which I feel reflects the state of the nation right now. So, in a way... Because everyone, everyone is sick? That's correct. Everyone is sick or has just gotten over being sick or is about to get sick. So, well, there you go. Well, now, now you just gotta find one more book that has a blood pressure cuff in it. Oh, jeez. Alright, folks. If you can think of a classic fiction book that we haven't done... With a blood oh I'm oh I'm gonna think about this. There's got to be one. Alright, I'll think about it. And until I can actually think of it, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number eight production. You can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram at fuse8kate. That's fuse number eight Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our bad case of Drew is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird.